Hey, who's loving our shift theme this year? Yeah, some of us are. Some of us are still getting used to the idea of shifting. And uh, those that don't like change are probably not going to like shift. But that's why we're doing a whole year on it, because we need to get used to the idea of shifting. And uh, as I was preparing this and uh, thinking about what to share this morning, I couldn't go past the, the physical shift that we undertake when we move house. And uh, we've moved house, um, I don't know how many times now, I should have worked it out, probably about six times-ish. Uh, we had a good start to married life. We moved into our rental when we first got married and um, got married in December, went on holidays in January down to Middleton. I was coming back to um, go to work and Emma was still at uni, so she was just enjoying the uni life of extended nothingness, um, and uh, which is what most uni students are used to. Um, but well, I was coming back from Middleton. Um, we had a little unit in Mount Barker and um, noticed on the kitchen bench in the corner this little pile of sandy stuff. And I uh, went, oh, that's a little odd, so swept it up, uh, went to work, came home, got changed, had a shower, ready to go back down to Middleton for the night and there was a little pile there again. Like, oh, this is strange again. And so, oh, well, weird, but oh, sweep it up, get back the next morning and there's an even bigger pile there and going, now, okay, this isn't quite right. And uh, a little bit more investigations and realised that the wall and the roof space was pretty well completely um, getting demolished by termites. And so the rental that we started paying for a couple of months before we got married so that we had it because um, it was perfect for what we needed and what we wanted to start off um, turned into within a couple of weeks. I think we only stayed there maybe two weeks um, all up by the time we were on our honeymoon and on holidays and wherever else and then we moved out and uh, that was the start of our journey of moving. So we'd moved effectively twice within um, when we moved in and then we'd moved out again and in, well, into storage and um, lived upstairs in the church for a couple of weeks until we found somewhere new. Um, it's like a drop-in centre. Um, so, but shifting is fun, but that, that wasn't the, the best shifting story. The, the best shifting story I can think of was um, with David, Dado, and uh, I used to work for the Dados at Abel, and so David and me used to do a few removals together. And I remember this one, I don't know, you've got a lot more stories than me, David, um, because you've been doing it a lot longer, but um, I remember this house that we went to, I'm pretty sure it was in Macclesfield, and we went into this house and to move them, because that's what you do as a removalist when you get there, and we back the truck up the driveway, all good, yep, go in and start walking around the house, now what's going, what's not going, and oh, everything's going, but literally there were still clothes all over the floor, there was still linen on the beds. There was still breakfast in the frying pan. There was some toast in the toaster, which wasn't from that morning. It was from, I'm not sure when exactly it was from there. I'm not even sure that they had, she had boxes um, from memory. I think we, and we took boxes with us um, and ended up having to pack stuff. And it was like, well, what's going and what's not going? What do you want us to pack? What do you want to pack out of this room? I'll oh, just pack it all. And it was the most awkward experience um, of my removal career um, in packing somebody's dirty linen off their floor. 
uh, in their bedroom and um, it was like, yeah, but she didn't seem to care. Um, so I don't know if you remember that one, David, but don't remember that one. Um, that was, no. Have you got a better, you'd have a better story than that. Do you want to, no, maybe at 11 if we've got more time, you can come share some of your stories with us. But, but I, I just remember this because it was so unorganised and um, I am a reasonably organised person uh, most of the time and um, to walk into that sort of zone and see somebody so unorganised and so just whatever um, was kind of a bit of a, a messer with my head. Um, but <clears throat> but uh, there's a couple of things that, that came out of that for me and, and that is you've got to be prepared. When you're, when you're moving, you've got to be prepared. But then to bring that back to my story of when we moved into our first little unit, you've got to also be flexible because when you think you've shifted into where you're going to be, that's not always where you need to stay. And there's some things and some times that, that then changes itself around as well and, and changes what we are meant to be doing and where we think we're meant to be and what we're actually meant to be and who we're meant to be with, not that we shifted um, relationships in either context. We stayed employee, employer and we stayed married. Um, so that all worked out in the end. Um, but a couple of things that, that I think are key to successfully shifting whether we're doing it in the physical or whether we're doing it in the spiritual, whether we're doing it in our heads, there's, there's certain things that we need to do that just help the process to happen. Uh, I love the saying, prior, prep, prior preparation or prior planning prevents poor performance. Um, and depending on what context you're in, there's sometimes an extra P added in there as well. Um, if you know what that is, then you can put that in your own notes. I had it in mind, but I took it out. And, uh, and so um, you can work that out. If not, speak to Martin afterwards. He's worked it out. So prior planning prevents poor performance. And, and so the first thing, when we're going through a shift, the first thing we, we need to do is come up with a plan. Whatever sort of shift, I think we need to come up with a plan. When we're going to Fiji to build a house, we've come up with plans. We've got drawings of what we're going to build. We've got a plan of what we're going to attempt to achieve on each day. We've got things in place. We've, we've got a rough idea because we've done it a number of times now that, that these are the people that are going to be doing these certain tasks. When we are starting a new location in Parkside, there's a plan in place. There's a plan that we're going to do connect groups. There's a plan that we're going to do dinner parties. There's a plan that we're going to do launch parties. There's a plan that we're going to do interest or launch parties, interest parties. There's a plan in place that, that these, this is the steps we're going to take to reach our goal. When you're going to build a house, you've got to have a plan in place to say, I'm going to save up this much money or I'm going to get my mum and dad to sign a guarantor to put that much money, but you've got to have a plan whichever way you do it. I don't even know if you can get a guarantor loan without a deposit anymore, can you? It would be pretty tough these days would be my guess, but, but regardless, you've got to have a plan. When you go to buy a car, when you go to get your first job or any job, you've got to have a plan in place. You've got to have things written down in a resume. You've got to have things written down 
as far as this is what I'm going to go for, this is what I want to earn, this is the things that I want to achieve in it, and, and you go from there through planning. And so when we go to shift in any area of our life, we've got to have a plan. And, and I think the key, number one key, to preventing poor performance in a shift is to write it down. Habakkuk 2.2 says, And then God answered, Write this, write what you see, write it out in big block letters. I think I gave the guys NIV if they've got it up. Um, but this is from the message. Write what you see, write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. This vision slash message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait and it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait. It's on its way. It will come right on time. And I love the, the fact that in the message, um, which I'm pretty sure is why I chose this version, it says, write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. I love the way that that just spells out because who knows when you're shifting, when you're shifting house, it can get a little chaotic, right? When you're, when you're preparing to go for a new job and you're going through a shift in your workplace, it can get a little chaotic, right? When you're shifting a bedroom around, it can get a little chaotic, right? Trying to just get some different things that you might be shifting in that, that just, does anybody like rearranging their rooms in their house or are you just some people that like rearranging things? I'm just a set and forget guy. It's like it's there. I know where everything is. Let's just leave it. If we move out of this house in 30 years' time and everything's still in the same place, that's fine by me. I know where it is and it's all good. But then there's other things that I shift all the time. Like if you um, know me well enough, I like to shift my cars along pretty quickly. And uh, I've had this one for two years now, which is pretty good. And so, uh, yeah, there we go. So... Um, I have been asked a few times recently whether, I, whether I'm moving this one along just yet, but not just yet. Um, I'm working on a few other people's cars in the, just to fill the void of... Uh, if anybody... No, anyway, we won't try and sell my mum's car while I'm preaching. That's probably not good form. But if anybody wants a RAV4 2015, great car. Come speak to me afterwards. Um, but but when, you, when you're going through that process, there's things that you've got to do. There's some planning that takes place that, that you've got to write down. You've, you've got to get your wish list. Going back to like while we're on cars, if, if you are wanting to buy a new car, you've got to have a list of cars that you're actually interested in buying. Otherwise, there's that much out there these days. The choice is you just do your head in, trying to work out what's actually going to suit my needs, what's, what's going to be here, what's going to be there. And so you've got to write down so that when you walk in to a car yard, you can walk in and go, this is what I'm looking for. I want this, this, or this. Because if you don't, the salesman's going to go, oh, but actually you need this, which isn't at what you need at all. The salesman's just trying to get a little bit of extra commission. He knows that he's got a bit more margin in that car or whatever, and, and so they try and talk you around. And so you've got to be able to have something that comes back to what's written down. When you're on the run, you've got to be able to see it. You've got to be able to read it clearly. And so as we step into a time of shift, make sure you've written down what you're looking at, what you're going to do, what you're going to be. The vision, the message is a witness pointing to what's coming. 
It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait and it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait. It's on its way. It will come right on time. Wait. Who loves waiting? <laughs> Nobody here that loves waiting? No, we're going to have an altar call at the end of the meeting for patience. And uh, I expect everybody to be on the altar and uh, we'll pray for patience. But who knows when you pray for patience is actually one of the worst things to pray for because God just gives you more opportunities to be patient. And when you're trying to become patient, the worst thing possible is opportunities to be patient, right? And so anyway, if we, maybe we'll scrap that altar call at the end and uh, we'll keep going. But, but I love it. It says it can hardly wait. If it seems slow in coming, wait, it's on its way. See, timing is everything. When we're looking into a shift, timing is everything. See, Parkside, our new location down there, we could have gone, right, we're going to do Parkside, here we go, bang, and started. But no, timing is everything. Timing is everything. We've, we've waited. See, a new location's been on our exec minutes on our board minutes for probably the last five or so years of, of or maybe even longer of just this is what we want to do. This is what we want to do and we've written it down and we've been praying into it and we've been believing for it and we've been going at it in the spiritual realms and praying but, but we've been waiting and the timing hasn't been right and the timing hasn't been right and the timing hasn't been right but now the time is right and so what? We're moving towards it. And so I love the fact that timing is everything. Genesis 8, 22. This is as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. So I think it was Gordon Moore that said a number of years ago on this platform, said God takes a long time to move quickly. God takes a long time to move quickly. See, there's things that, that we can wait and wait and wait and wait for. But isn't it so true in everything we do? The, the planning, the preparation, it's, it's we're waiting, we're planning, we're waiting, we're planning. It's like a holiday. Everybody's been on a holiday of some description, right? And you spend all this time, all this energy, all this effort, planning, preparing, waiting for the holiday, and then, I need a holiday. It's like you get back from the holiday and it's just so quick. It's exactly how God works. He takes a long time to build up and then moves quickly. What I love in the, the seasons of this verse, there's a time of seed time and a time of harvest. Exactly the same principle. We know seed time, the farmers are out now. They've been seeding out now. They, they've, they've been getting ready, preparing. They've, they've planned for what they're going to do this year. They, they've got ready. They've They've done the seed time and then there's the waiting time. And who knows that the seed time and the waiting time far outweighs the harvest time. See, because because you wait and you wait and you wait and then they get to November, December-ish and harvest is over real quick. It's a, it's a season when they go, here it is. And so... When we're shifting, I believe we've got to be ready. Timing is everything. We've got to be ready to seize the moment. 
when we're shifting, when we're, when we're getting ready to do it, you know, when you're buying a house or buying a car, those sorts of things, it's, it's, you get your finance approved so that when the right thing comes, you can jump on it, so that you can go, that's the one I want because the timing's right. See, but if we're, we're going, I'm going to buy that house now, but we're not cashed up ready to go, we don't have our finance in order, we haven't sold our previous house, whatever it is we need to do, we go, that's the one, that's for me, and we're going, I want that, I want that, but we're not ready. We haven't done the planning, we haven't done the preparation. And so whatever it is that we're shifting into, we've got to plan and we've got to be ready for the timing because God takes a long time to move quickly. So be ready. And the third thing that I, that I love when it comes, and I think is a key to shifting and shifting well, handling shift well. 2 Kings 5.14. We've got this, or chapter 5, we've got the story of Elisha and Naaman. Naaman, as Simon preached every time I come back and I read this scripture, I remember Simon's Naaman. Um, a sermon from, I don't know how long ago that was now, a long time ago, but um, it's probably not even on our podcast, it's that old now, but um, it was only like 2012, it wasn't that long ago. But no, there's, you've got this, this story where, where Naaman's in need of a miracle and, and Elisha says, go and, go and jump in the river, go and jump in the stream, go and jump in the little trickle of water and you'll be healed. But he doesn't say just do it once. He says do it seven times. And, and immediately there's this reaction on the inside of Naaman that says, who does he think he is? Anybody had that reaction on the inside? I'll keep my hand up for that one. Come on, Shane, put your hand back up. You've had that reaction to things I've said to you in the past. But there's, there's things that, that we hear, there's things that there's, there's, we think they're roadblocks, we think they're obstacles, which, which they are, they can be for us, but, but they're actually the means to our breakthrough. And so Naaman goes from this place of, no, I'm not doing it, to a place of thankfully having good people around him. Another little side note, make sure you've got good people around you. When you're shifting from one place to another, make sure you surround yourself with good people because Muppets will always be Muppets and I'm going to leave that one there. So, but he goes on this journey, decides, okay, well, what have I got to lose through the counsel of his good advisors? So he goes and he goes in once, comes out nothing, goes in twice, comes out nothing. Three, four, five, six, goes in the seventh time, comes out. I'm healed. I've got my miracle. Why? Because he persisted. See, the walls of Jericho, they didn't just come down in a moment. They needed to continue to do what God had told them to do. They needed to follow through on the plan. See, the plan was in place. You can't then just jump from step one to step ten. You've got to follow the plan, once you've got the plan in place, it's written down, it's plain. They knew that they had to walk around marching. They knew that they had to play that trumpet, sing that song, shift happen. 
because they were obedient. Shift happened because they were persistent. And so I love reading that story, Joshua 6. If you're not familiar with it, go and read that when you get home. But, but that story of just persistence, of just continuing to do what they'd been told to do. And so as I was marrying up the two, of going, if persistence is the key to getting our breakthrough, if persistence is the key to unlocking our shift, is if persistence is the key to getting from where we are now to where we want to be and where we need to be, then I believe obedience is the lock. And when we put persistence and obedience together, the door opens. When we put persistence and obedience together, the door opens. And so whatever it is that you're facing this morning, don't give up. Whatever it is that, that you're facing this morning, whatever it is that you're facing and going, I need a shift, I need a shift from this place to that, don't give up. Be persistent, but at the same time, be obedient. See, so often we, we see people that are, oh, I'm persisting, I'm persisting, I'm persisting, but, but there's somebody, a leader, there's somebody, a friend, gathering around saying, you should be here doing that. You should, be, you should be doing that at the moment. We're not being obedient. We're always just going to keep swimming in the same stream because until we marry up persistence and obedience, we won't get that door opened. And so let's, let's be a people that, that are persistent, but let's be a people that, that are obedient. Let's not be too stubborn about where we're at. That's me preaching to myself. As I got sent out a message to a few people close to me the other day because I was filling out a survey about myself. Who just really hates it when you've got to fill out a survey about yourself? And it's like, what are your strengths? And then what are your weaknesses? What's, what's the, yeah, you never replied. I know, Shane, that's all right. I wasn't really expecting a response from you. Uh, but... <laughs> Your, repu- your reputation precedes you, Shane. Um, but there's, there's the questions of what are your strengths and then what are, the, what are your greatest areas that you need to work on? Um, yeah, it's kind of a nicer way of saying what are your weaknesses? What are you bad at? And uh, one of the responses just came back to question two, what do you need to work on? Stubbornness. And I'm like, I'm not... St- uh, yeah, okay. So... So let's not be too stubborn. You know, sometimes stubbornness is a great thing and stubbornness has um, got me through a lot of stuff and stubbornness has got me to some of where I'm at but, but you know, being obedient and letting go of that has got me so much further. And, and so if you're a stubborn person here, then you're not alone, I'm with you. But there's times and there's moments when we need to go, I'll let, let it go. I'll be obedient, I'll follow, and then I'll persist in what I'm doing. And so we need to write it down. We need to be ready. We don't want to miss God's timing. And we need to persist. We need to be people who persist, that don't give up. Because if we're going to shift into what God's calling us to shift as a church, if we're going to shift into one low church, one church 
in one location, in two churches. One church in two locations. Put my teeth back in and get it right. If we're going to shift into one church in three locations and four locations and whatever else God's calling us to do, then, then we need to persist. Because there's going to be moments as a church when we're going, well, is this actually what we need to be doing? Is this, is this actually the best use of our resources, the best use of our times? Well, until we hear otherwise that that's what we're doing, then yes, it is. And so we've got to persist in that. We've got to be obedient to what our senior pastors and what our exec team and our, and our overseers are seeing for us into the future, and that is one church in two locations. And so we've, we've got to be on the ball with that, same as in your home, in your context, your environment, whatever you have put around you and whatever you're writing down as, what am I planning to do? Where am I planning to be? You've got to set things aside and go, right, this is where I'm at. I'm going to surround myself with good people. I'm going to get good counsel and I'm going to move forward in that direction because that's where God's calling me to be. And so I love thinking about shift. I love talking about shift. I love shifting. I actually um, am really looking forward to the day when we get to shift again. Um, physically house, because I don't know, I just love moving house. Um, uh, it was good fun. No? No? I didn't love it? No? Oh, the final. Uh, yeah, well, I'm not too good on the planning and preparation and <laughs> writing things down. That's, that's one of the reasons I married Emma. And uh, I like to think I'm organised, but Emma is organised. And, uh, and then the actual act of shifting, um, yeah, I do enjoy that. And then working out where things are going to go, and I'm obedient in where things are going to go. See, I've worked that out. <laughs> I've worked that out. And, uh, and so that's one of the things that David taught me moving houses is you don't try and work out where things go. You just ask the owner of the house, where's it going, and you put it there. And, uh, and so I just apply that same principle to when we move into our houses and I ask the owner of the house, where's it going? And she <laughs> says, it's going there, and I put it there, and it's all good. And so it's, it works. And, uh, and so, but no, I do actually, what I'm, what I'm actually really looking forward to is building our next home, which I know will turn even more of you off, but um, we built our first house back in 2010, and uh, I loved that experience. And so, anyway, that's a complete aside. Write it down. Whatever it is, whether it's, for you, you might need, if you're a list person, you might need multiple lists. You might need a list for me, a list for my family, a list for my workplace, a list for my connect group, a list for my church, a list for, you might need multiple lists of the things, the areas of your life <clears throat> so that they're not crossing over. If you are a mind mapper, then just good luck trying to work that thing out afterwards, um, just map that thing out on a big piece of paper and then enjoy the chaos of what is a mind map. I just, yeah, wow. Um, anyway, whatever it is, write it down so that you can run with it, so that it's plain, so that when the going gets tough, you've got something to come back to and go, hang on, no, this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. This is the way forward because that's what we've got written down. Get ready for the timing. Be prepared. 
be prepared so that when that door opens, you can walk through it. There's nothing worse than seeing the door open but not being prepared and ready to go. And so we've got to be prepared. We've got to be ready for that timing. And once we're there, persist. Because there will be things coming against us. There will be things that that try and stop us. There will be things that try and prevent us. Family. And I've found is one of the biggest preventers of where we're meant to be. It's not because they're not for us. It's not because they're not wanting to. It's not, not because they're, they're not wanting to see us get to where we're going to go. But, but there's just things that, that pop up in family life. Birthday parties. There's, there's family gatherings. There's sick kids. There's sick elder people, mums and dads and um, grandparents and all those, those sorts of things that, that it's not bad in any sense, but it's just challenges and obstacles and if we're not focused on where we're going then it's easy to get distracted and easy to stop and take our eyes off the prize and so we've got to persist in those moments we've got to go right here we are this is where we're going this is what we're doing and so I'm I'm convinced that as we get these things right then they're going to help us to shift and shift well they're going to help us to, to move forward into the next season of our lives as individuals, our next season of our lives as a church, because we can do it. And at the end of the day, all of this, don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. See, Naaman had people around him that were able to encourage him when he saw an obstacle in front and went, I can't do it. And they said, yes, you can. You know, the guys, it wasn't just one person, lonely, going for a walk around the walls of Jericho. There was a whole army. They gathered people together and went, let's do this together. And so whatever it is that you're facing, whatever it is that the next season of wherever you're going, don't do it alone. Make sure you gather people around you. If you're not involved in a connect group, get involved in a connect group in this church. It's like that's the way that we do life. That's, that's the way that we surround ourselves with good people and ensure that when we need to make a decision, when we come up against something, we've got people already around us that know enough about us that can hit the right button. They can tell us, no, you're being stubborn. They can tell us, you just need to keep going. They can tell us, keep going. we're with you. They can come and can cook us a meal. They can come and just surround us with a hug and say, you're doing well. Keep going. So don't do it alone. You know, as the team come this morning, I talked a little about obedience, talked a bit about timing. <clears throat> See, in September 2002, the, the two of them married up for me. September 2002 on a youth camp, I was sitting there listening to a message by Josh Kelsey. And in that moment, obedience, he said, is there anyone that is currently not walking with Jesus? You need him. And I felt something on the inside that, that I hadn't felt before. As a young guy that had grown up in church, grown up going to youth group, there was something that I felt in that moment that that shifted on the inside. 
And I found that, that at that time, the timing was right. And so as many of us here in this room have already done, we, I put my hand up. I prayed a prayer to invite Jesus into my heart. And from that moment, or in that moment, obedience opened the door. In that moment, I, I started on a brand new journey of following Jesus. So I don't know where everybody here in this room's at. I don't know where, where you're at if you're listening online. But I want to ask you the question, do you need to be obedient to God's call this morning? Do you need to accept Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Saviour and start walking the journey with Him? And so with every eye closed, just to give each other a little bit of space. I'd love to ask you that question. The same question that was asked of me September 2002. Do you need to walk with Jesus? Do you need to start on a journey with Him today? Or do you need to start afresh with Him today? If that's you, I'd love you to slip your hand up. Say, John, that's me. Is there anyone here this morning? <clears throat> Thank you, Father. <clears throat> well, God, I pray. Father, for every person sitting in this auditorium this morning, God, every person listening online, in the weeks to come. God, I pray that as we're coming to the end of this month of handling shift well, God, I thank you for the keys that have been given to us in the last few weeks. God, I pray that we'd not just take them on as knowledge, but we'd actually apply them to our life. We'd apply them to our family. We'd apply them to our workplace. God, we'd apply them to the context that we're in in our church. God, and through that, each one of us would, would be that bit better at handling shift well. 